I want to take just a minute now and recognize those of you who have served in the military at any branch. I'm going to call a branch of service and I will ask you to stand, be recognized, and then we'll applaud for all who had served in the past. So if you ever served in the United States Army, would you please stand? All who have ever served in the Army, thank you for your service. Thank you very much. You may be seated. How about those who served in the United States Navy? Would you please stand? Thank you for your service. Be seated. Those who have served in the United States Air Force, would you please stand? We have them. Thank you for your service. How about anyone who served in the United States Coast Guard? Would you please stand? Back there. There go. Thank you for your service. Do we have anyone who served in the Marines? United States Marines, please stand. There go. Thank you for your service. Obviously, you guys know and your families know just what it means for Memorial Day. And we're grateful that you have come to celebrate that with us today. I am Chuck Towery, and as you can tell, Pastor Pete and Stella are away this weekend getting some enjoyable rest. So uh, he had invited me to share a Memorial Day message and some time with the bridge today. My wife Beth and I have been here a little over a year and a half, and we have enjoyed serving the Lord here and getting to know you at the bridge so if we have not met you, uh, please take the time to come and speak with us and let us get to know you. Obviously, you can tell I'm not from around here. Uh, I'm from way up north. I grew up in North Carolina. And so uh, Beth and I have uh, enjoyed being in South Florida. We have three children. One's about to finish college. One is about to get married. And the other is uh, married and about to have their first child. So we could use some guidance and advice from some of you grandparents about how to be a grandparent. So feel free to share that with us. Uh, it's a little bit about me and uh, currently serving as the Deputy Command Chaplain at uh, U.S. Southern Command Headquarters in Doral. So I'm happy to be with you this morning. Wanted to take a few minutes and just talk with you about this idea of wearing a badge. If you have your bulletin, there's an outline in there. If you care to take notes, you're certainly welcome to do so. But I just was thinking about uh, those of us in the military, those who have ever served, you know how uh, important it is to wear a badge. We have ribbons, there are medals, there are awards that we receive, all of which says something about who we are as members of the military. And so wearing a badge is something that's important to us, something we display proudly. But I also recognize that in the Christian life, a badge is important as well. You may not wear a ribbon or a medal or an award or an actual patch or something like that on your clothing, but the way you live your life every day says something about the, the badge that you wear. And so on this Memorial Day, as we honor our fallen veterans, we recognize we wear a badge by the way we live our life. There are other organizations that value badges as well. The Boy Scouts, the Girl Scouts, Awanas, other organizations. 
use badges as a way of rewarding. In fact, just this past week here at the bridge on Wednesday night, the Iwanas held their annual award ceremony and many of our youngsters received badges for their service during the year. Uh, so let me pause right here. Let me ask if we have any leaders of Awanas here today. Would you mind standing? Anybody in here, Awanas leader? Okay. All right, good. Any others? Let's give them a hand. Thank you for your service. Awanas is a great program. How about any families and, and youngsters, children, teenagers who are in Awanas? Would you stand up? Families and uh, members of our Awanas group, any kids here? I don't see any. If you see them, be sure to congratulate them because they earned their badges at the end of the year and they were recognized as well. Very important kind of thing. As a believer, you should be aware that you wear a badge every day. By the way you live your life, people notice. And hopefully they notice there's something different about you. Something that sets you apart. And as they notice that different way you live your life, they may begin to ask questions about your badge, the way you live. What is it that makes you so different? Today, I want to sort of compare a little about the military and their wearing of badges and us as believers and how we wear badges. And maybe as we learn that today, we can leave this place today more committed, more dedicated to displaying our badge. I really believe that as we spend time reading, studying, meditating on God's word, and we identify the principles and the truth that God is trying to teach us, and then if we make a commitment to put those principles into action in our everyday lives, we're gonna stand out. We're gonna be seen as different. And in that sense, it's just like we're wearing a badge on our clothing of the day for everybody to see. One of the things that we notice in military is that a military member listens to obey. And it's encouraging to us as Christians and believers that we ought to listen to obey as well. Those in the military learn this quite well. From the very beginning days of basic training, it's important to listen and obey instructions. As we are being prepared for the battlefield, combat, dangerous missions, it's critical that military members listen and obey their commanders. Terrible things could happen if you don't obey. And especially in a combat situation, life and death situation, it could be deadly if you don't listen and obey. So from the early days of basic training, many of you have been there, you know how important that is. If you disobeyed and you didn't pay attention as you should, what you found was some sweet, kind, gentle, loving person known as a drill instructor put his arm around you and gently encourage you to listen a little better. Right, has that been your experience? Nope, not at all. In fact, it's quite the opposite. You usually get a lesson in life you will never forget. In fact, you probably have become the best listener and a more obedient person after something like that happened. It is that critical in the military. 
that we listen and that we obey. Same is true in the Christian's life as well. Jesus in Matthew chapter four is going on a recruiting mission, basically. He's looking for disciples. And look what we see here in this passage as he comes across his first four disciples. In Matthew four, verse 18 to 22, Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee and he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. Now look what verse 20 says. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee preparing their nets. Jesus called to them. Look what verse 22 says. And immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Interesting that these first four disciples that Jesus called to follow him acted listening and obeying. And not just listening and obeying, they did it at once, it says. They did it immediately, it says. Which means without delay. So you and I as believers, when we read and study and meditate on God's word, when we identify the truths and principles that God is teaching it, and then when we listen and obey those teachings and put them into practice in our life, we're going to stand out, folks. People are going to see something different about us. And it'll be just like we're wearing a badge that says we're a believer. And that's an encouragement to all of us today to consider doing that as well. It was very common back in Jesus' day for rabbis to be seen with small groups walking around the village together. And the rabbis would use common everyday occurrences to teach and train their followers. The same thing happened with Jesus as he gathered disciples together, followers to listen and learn from him and then put into practice what they learned. If you could just take that one little principle away from here today, you would be making a difference in your life. Choose to be a follower who listens and learns from your Savior. And make that commitment to put into practice what you learn. If you'll do that, you're going to be different. Listen to obey, an important principle. Second, with a military member and with a believer, uh, offers their service, another important principle. In the military, we're often taught to find out what our strengths and our weaknesses are. And we're encouraged to draw from our strengths as we live our military life and to improve on our weaknesses. And so as we work on that concept, we're taught at the same time to use those strengths we have to serve one another. Every one of the services has core values. And different services call it different things, but it's all about selfless service. Service above self, as one service calls it. And so you should be proud that your military men and women are being taught today to learn their strengths, draw from it, to 
understand their weaknesses and prove it. And everything they do to have an attitude, a mindset of service. One way they do that is to learn what their supervisors and leaders and commanders see as important. What is their priority? What is their mission? And as we learn and understand our commander's mission, we then can make that our mission, making what matters to our leaders important than what matters to us. And so for a believer, similar thing. We have spiritual gifts, and each person is given a special gift, or two, or three. And it's up to us to identify what our spiritual gifts are, and then put them into practice serving our Lord. Look at what 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 8 says. Different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit gives them. There are different ways of serving, but the same Lord is served. There are different abilities to perform service, but the same God gives ability to everyone for their service. The Spirit's presence is shown in some way to each one for the good of all. The Spirit gives one man a message of wisdom, while to another man, the same Spirit gives a message of knowledge. But it is one and the same Spirit who does this. Notice, he gives a different gift to each man as he wishes. And then we also notice that we need to use our spiritual gifts to serve the Lord. I see a lot of people today who are frustrated trying to do certain things. Maybe they're trying to earn a lot of money, uh, collect a lot of things, have a big home, drive a bunch of cars, have a couple boats, succeed in life. And they're very frustrated. And a lot of it has to do with they're trying to do things They don't have the spiritual gifts and abilities to do. And if they would just take time to learn from God, study the scriptures and try to identify what might be their spiritual gifts and then choose to live their life drawing on the strengths of those spiritual gifts, they would have a lot more fun in life. I believe they'd be a lot more successful in life because you would know that you're drawing from your God-given gifts and choosing to serve the Lord. When our military men and women get this concept of service, selfless, selfless service, they become a stronger person. Things gonna happen with us believers when we decide to learn our spiritual gifts and make the commitment to use them to serve God and to serve others, something happens. People see us as different. It's just like we're wearing a badge that says something about us and our Savior. Listening to obey, offering service. The third thing that sort of sets military members and believers apart is that uh, believer voices praise. In the military, one of the things we're used to really is correction and discipline. Believe me, those drill instructors are not going to let you get away with things. Am I right? You probably got some stories. I'd be happy to hear them sometime. Remember, as a chaplain, what you say is confidential. (laughs) Won't tell a soul. But I'd love to hear some of those stories. Correction, discipline, very important principle. But as you come along in your service and you deal with good leaders, you begin to recognize there's some good things happening out there. And good leaders will praise other people 
for the things that they're doing. And that's an important concept to matter, to make. Again, we notice what our commander's mission is and we try to make that our mission. And when the commander and our leaders notice that, they have something good to say. And that's very refreshing. In the believer's life, similar things happen. We live in such a negative world that we are prone to just pointing out and hearing and noticing all the bad stuff first. Think about that. When you gather with a group of people and you're just talking outside a restaurant and somebody new walks up, you get to know them for a minute or two, talk a couple, couple things. Then when they walk away, pay attention to first, the first thing that somebody says. Usually it'll be something like, did you see her teeth? What in the world was wrong? The first comment out of our mind and heart is negative. So right away, if you're a believer to make a commitment to be a person who's positive and a person of praise, you're going to stand out. I don't have to tell you that the scripture is full of calling us to praise. Look at this scripture, the last Psalm 150. How many times is the word praise up there? Too many to count. Starts, praise the Lord, and it ends, praise the Lord. It's full of praise. The psalmist wants us to get the message, we need to be people of praise. To do that, we've got to be on the lookout and see more of the good things happening in life and point them out. Even when things aren't going good, look at this in Psalm 57, verse 1 and verse 9. The psalmist cries out to God, have mercy on me, my God, have mercy on me. And usually when they repeat it like that, they do it for emphasis. This guy is really screaming to God to help him. For I take refuge in you. I will take refuge in the shadow of your wings until the disaster has passed. You get that? Until the disaster has passed. This person is in a mess in his life. And when you get through the end of the psalm, just a few verses later, look at the last verse, verse 9. I will praise you, Lord. Among the nations, I will sing of you among the peoples. Why? Because even in the midst of disaster, he saw the goodness of God. And in the end, sometimes our problems get solved and sometimes they don't. But no matter what, we choose to be a person who voices our praise. Just imagine that little piece of being a praise person. How different you will be noticed by others. That's not like our world at all. And when you decide to be a person who voices praise who notices the goodness of God's grace around you and dwells on that even when things aren't the best. It'll be just like you're wearing a big old badge that people are going to notice. In Luke chapter 5, we see that Jesus has healed a man whose four friends brought him and dug a hole in the top of a house roof to drop him through. Remember that story? And when Jesus heals them, here's what he says. I tell you, in in Luke chapter 5, verse 24 to 26, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. Immediately, he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on, and went home praising God. 
Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. This is the secret. Even when things are going bad in your life, if you notice how God is active and involved in your life and the life of others around you, you will be able to say, we have seen remarkable things today. And if that doesn't lead you to give praise to God, something's not right. So here again, as we read and study and meditate on God's word, we identify those principles and truths that he's teaching us and we put them into practice in our life, noticing more and more we can't help but praise God. And I'll just tell you, when you do that, you're going to stand out. Make what matters to Christ more important than what matters to you. That's really how we do it. You could do this in any relationship in your life. Husbands to wives, wives to husbands. If you choose today to make what matters to your husband more important than what matters to you, or the other way around, probably should have said that first. If you choose to do that, watch what happens in your relationship. You might be surprised. So I want to encourage you to give this one a shot as well. One final thing I want to mention, and that is that military members, believers, it's important that encourages other people. In the military, again, if we're not careful, it could be a negative atmosphere. Correction, discipline, catch you doing something wrong to fix it. But if you really look, you'll find good leaders who are great encouragers. They know how to catch somebody doing something good and point it out. In fact, the whole premise behind badges, ribbons and medals and awards and those things, is encouraging. And that gets back to noticing positives. We already know in our world, it's such a negative place. The first tendency of human nature is to notice a negative and to point it out. And once we get a negative in our mind, we can have 20 excellent things going on in life and one negative. And what do we do? We latch onto that one negative, don't we? And we let it eat us up and we dwell on it and we stew on it. And it's not too long before all we're thinking about is negative, negative, negative. Why, why do we do that? These other 20 positives don't get any attention at all. We have to learn that much more, much more. And so we notice in Scripture, it has something to say. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11, Therefore, encourage one another. Look at that next phrase. Build each other up, just as in fact you're doing. Paul brags on this church. We could do better here, couldn't we? Instead of tearing people down, pointing out the negatives and making them feel awful, why don't we do the opposite and choose to notice the positives and build them up and be an encourager? Look at Romans chapter 1, verse 11 and 12. I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is, that you 
and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. Now listen to this. Here's what makes this so cool. The Apostle Paul is writing this letter to the church at Rome. He finally was able to start a church in the city of Rome. He's been a believer for many, many years. Folks at that time called him an apostle. He was the most trained and knowledgeable and believing person they all knew. Many of these believers in the church of Rome were brand new believers. And yet Paul says, I expect, even though you're a brand new believer, I expect to be mutually encouraged by you. I expect to learn something from you. That's a great principle, isn't it? So if you and I today could make a commitment to encourage other people by seeking to notice and pointing out the positives that you see in life, if you do that, you're going to stand out. You're going to be very different because most of the world is looking at negatives, aren't they? And so as you do this, you're displaying a big badge about what a Christian life is about. When I was deployed to Kuwait right after the beginning of the Gulf War, we were in a tent city on Al-Jabar, Al-Jabar Air Base. And we had some very large tents that were our, our office buildings, a chapel. We had a dining hall and operations buildings and things like that, all in tents. So outside the larger tents, they had a, a two or three bunkers that in case we had an attack or there was a bombing or something, we would all go into the bunkers, the hardened facilities, sort of underground, and we'd be safe. So I'm eating lunch one day in this dining hall tent, and we hear bombs going off outside. So everyone exits out the dining hall tent into the shelters, the bunkers, and I'm sitting in this bunker down there, about 40 other people, and they're all looking at me. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm the chaplain. Maybe they're scared. Maybe they're looking to me to provide some kind of hope. Maybe they think that if the holy man is in their bunker, they won't get hit, whatever their reason, but they're looking. And I was thinking, wow, that's pretty cool that they're getting that kind of attention. Until I looked down on my lap and noticed sitting on my lap was my lunch tray. I had left the dining hall carrying my lunch tray into this bunker. Can you picture that? So fortunately, they weren't really bombs from an attack. The Kuwaiti army was having an exercise and we just weren't aware that they'd be having some explosions. So we're in this bunker and they're looking at me. Afterwards, what was interesting is how many soldiers came to see me to talk about life and death issues. Many of them had been on combat patrols. Many had flown on missions and it got really scary. And so they asked those kind of questions. If something happened to me, where would I go? Would my eternity, where would I be in eternity? So we had the opportunity to talk about that. It's one of the great experiences as a chaplain to be able to minister somebody in those situations. But the truth is, there were a lot of questions about life and death issues. People were concerned. And a lot of it comes back to this, as it does with our believers. How are we doing today in reading and studying, meditating on God's word? 
And practicing these principles, listening to obey, offering service. How are we doing in voicing praise and being an encourage to others? If you could work on just these few things, you're going to make a difference. But let me point out one more thing and then we'll close. Did you notice what the first letter of each of the points was? Listen, offer, voice, encourage. Right. L-O-V-E, love. Let me ask you if you're following the outline, write that around the bottom in big old letters. Write at the bottom of your outline. L-O-V-E. People will know you wear the believer's badge by the way you show your love. 1 John 3.18. Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, just words or speech, but with actions, with truth. Let people see your love. I love this one. John 13, 34. A new command I give you, Jesus says, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. Look at this. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Talk about wearing a badge. You choose to practice these four things we discussed and put the love that God gives you into practice in life, you're going to display a big old badge that people can't miss. Jesus invites you today to come just the way you are. Maybe you're already a believer, but you're not really practicing all these principles. Maybe you are a believer, your eternal security is set, but... You're a negative person. You got anger. You might want to come to Jesus the way you are. Certainly, if you're not a believer today, you've never accepted Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, it's going to be tough for you to practice any of this. I want you to know that Jesus can take you from where you are right now to where he created you to be. In fact, I love the fact that that's the bridge's mission right here. If you're sitting here today and you've never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, let me encourage you to consider that. We have a little booklet that we like to get in your hands called You Can Be Sure. You can read it very quickly. See, it's not very long. You Can Be Sure. Just want you to know that you can accept that you're a sinner and you have sin in your life. It separates you from God. That you need to believe that Jesus died for your sins. And then in Romans 10, it tells us The Bible says, confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you can be saved. It even goes on to say, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. If you've never done that, please consider getting this little booklet from out on the patio, many of our displays, and learn about becoming a believer so that you then can turn to God's word and read and study and meditate on those scriptures that you can identify the principles and truths that he teaches you, and then you can put them into practice in your life and make a difference. On Memorial Day, as we honor our fallen veterans, we recognize we wear a badge by the way we show our love. As we close today, we're going to ask the ushers to come forward. We're going to receive our offering. We, very important principle, again, in God's word is, is giving for the betterment of the ministry and the service to the kingdom. And as we do so, we remember our fallen today. If you know somebody who served, be sure to speak to them and thank them. I'm going to ask our 
praise team to come back and lead us in a closing song as we collect the offering. God bless you. We wish you the best.